Good morning. Good <coughs> coffee moaning. Good coffee moaning. Good morning. How are we all? It's Friday. It's 9.45. We're good to go. The Christmas tree is still up. Has to come down this weekend, team. Has to come down this weekend. How are we all? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, April Hill. Good morning, Margaret O'Brien. Good morning, Ellery Jones. May Edmondson. Good morning, if you're listening on podcast. Hope you're having fun wherever you are in the sun. It's quite sunny here, but it's bloody cold. It's minus four, but it's going to get warm. Um, how are we all? How are we? Denise Drummond Mulvaney. Mulvaney. Mulvaney? Mulvaney. I hope you're well, April. Hope you're well, April Hill. Uh, good morning, Gabrielle. Morning, Margaret O'Brien. Sarah Randall. Chin chin. Coffee down the hatch. Um, oh, I it was a, had a lovely evening last night with a dear chap called Elliot, who runs I Talk Telly. You know him. Um, and uh, we saw Jodie Comer talking, taking questions and having a chat about her new film, which will be I will be reviewing um, today or tomorrow. Um, the end we start from. Uh, her new sort of, I suppose you could you'd call it a dystopian, futuristic, ecological horror. It's about climate. It's climate catastrophe. Floods happen and shit kicks out. But it's not sci-fi. It's like it could happen tomorrow. Um, so, uh, but she's lovely. She's so down to earth. And I was really relieved to hear her say, I don't know what you thought about this, Elliot. I was really relieved to hear her say um, something that I haven't really shared with anyone, but I do because I'm slightly embarrassed that I do it. Um, she gets in a bath. Um, it gets really hot. She gets out of the bath, lies on the floor and then gets back in the bath. I do that. I don't tell anyone. That's why Nads get so cross, because it's wet. I try and mop it up, but I can't get all of it. Do you know what I mean? You saw it back in October, Reese Roberts. Can't wait to hear what you think. Looking forward to what you thought of Poor Things as well. Um, if you haven't seen our review, check out our review of Poor Things, new Emma Stone film. Not for the faint-hearted. Um, listen, we are going to be having, um, on the Popcorn Junkies Instagram account, there's a little area there which we uh, have created. We haven't known what to do with it, really. But we thought we could create a little kind of area, a little members area, channel area where um, we can have much longer conversations about film and we can invite you guys to come in on them. So if you're a film fan or a film buff and you want to go deeper into films and if Nadia hasn't quite seen something, like she saw Saltburn last night and she wants to share with you what she thinks, then we're thinking of doing that on the Popcorn Junkies um, little members area, on the Popcorn Junkies area. We were going to do it here, but we thought it might, I don't know, we thought it might, I don't know, kind of confuse things around the No Name Sunday show and all that kind of stuff. So we're, 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 we're toying with it, we're testing it. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that's, if that's fun. But I'm fascinated to hear what Nadia thought of Saltburn. Anyone here who's seen Saltburn? Have you all seen Saltburn? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're not movie fans. Um, I'm doing okay, Gabrielle says. Uh, my New Year's resolution of putting myself first this year. Self-care is so important. Good on you, Gabrielle. One minute at a time, take it a step at a time. Also, obviously, because I was out last night, um, Thirsty Thursday didn't land, um, and um, but it will be coming. Um, we're trying to work out. I, I was going to do a pre-record. I was going to record something and then upload it in the same slot last night, but then just felt it wouldn't be quite the same. It's, it's that two-way thing of a meeting. So if it doesn't happen, I'm hoping it'll happen tonight. Uh, if it's going to happen tonight... Um, uh, if it doesn't happen tonight, it'll happen tomorrow. Um, Reese Roberts, funny you should say that. I'm going to be doing a, a separate chat about the BAFTAs, actually, um, later today. Uh, but, yeah, we can talk about that. What's your, what's your most shocking... I mean, some quite shocking 
omissions there. Hey, would you say really smart? We've got to discuss the BAFTAs this morning. Some shocking snubs. Tell us what your most shocking snubs are. Reese, I'd be pleased. I mean, obviously, I think Scorsese, Lily Gladstone, etc. So, for movie fans, Saltburn is everywhere. Saltburn is me, it's meantastic, isn't it? Anna Charolumbus didn't like Saltburn. Saltburn. I, I, Nan didn't didn't think much of it. Nan, my mother. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm getting frustrated by being characterised as someone who didn't like it. It didn't make my yeah weekly rushes are also good, but I didn't not like it. But there was enough that I didn't enjoy about it in the second half that meant it couldn't hit my best list, but it could no way hit my worst list. Up until, up until a certain point of the film, I loved it. But anyway, I digress. Saltburn, Saltburn, Saltburn. Um, Barry Keown is amazing, says, oh, I haven't seen it, it says Anne-Marie Anne Shellard. Someone just said they've, they've, they've seen it. Um, Sadie C, you haven't, you haven't missed it, sweetie. No, it's coming, it's coming, but I will give you good notice. Um, Caroline Eastall loved Saltburn. It's all over the net, says Mr. Carling. Absolutely is. As is old Jacob Elordi. Righty pointy poo. So what are we going to talk about? Oh, oh, I shared the thought, didn't I, about Jodie Comer? I told you about the bar thing thing. I love that. I just love that. And it kind of speaks to, for me, that thing of um, changing your physicality. She was talking about how does she decompress from being an actress or being in a role. And she was talking about how she'll go home and her co-star, the, the actress alongside her, does quite the opposite. She likes to stay in character, especially if you've got scenes that straddle two days, you've got to come back in, you've got to hit the ground running and all that. But it was interesting, Jodie was saying that she likes to, she has to do something which is very similar to the mental health thing of, you know how I often say, do something that changes your physical awareness of yourself. So it might be stand in the cold or run cold water over your head or have a cold bath or stand, step on, you know, glass, I was going to say, no, grass, that kind of thing. Um, Anyway, what are we talking about today? Israel says no to Palestine just when we thought nothing was getting better. Things get worse. I suppose you could put it like that. Um, Netanyahu, I've got a theory on why Netanyahu has decided now of all times to say, no, we don't want a separate state of Palestine. Um, large wines, no more. Guys, guys and girls. What are we going to do about this? Large glasses of wine. A large measure. They're big. Sometimes they're so big. Sometimes you think, bloody hell, that's a third of a bottle of wine. Anyway, this is a, a new report or studies show that, um, that taking or removing the option to have a large wine, <laughs> oh my God, guess what it does? Leads to less alcohol consumption. Um, a baby daddy shock. This is, <laughs> this is a story that Nadia sent me actually this morning. And she said, bloody hell. So we're going to look at that. And then we have to talk about the traitors. Jill Taylor, good morning, our quiet sub. And good morning to all other quiet subs who are sitting here watching and not wanting to comment or talk. It does move quite quickly, doesn't it? Um, traitors update. Oh, spoiler alert. Did the best panto villain yet leave? Or are we still with the best villain of all? Uh, and it was Jim Carrey's 60th, by the way. Some fabulous photos on... I forget who, but he doesn't have an Instagram account. But some great photos. I'll pop one up in the members area and you can do a caption. By the way, I've notified people who've won um, and someone still hasn't claimed, one person hasn't claimed a voucher uh, underneath the Curly Cooks from not last weekend, but the weekend before. And someone um, and a couple of people I don't think have noticed that I've said you've won a card under captions. But anyway, um, so... And more as other admin, Curly Cooks will be happening live tomorrow as per normal. I think it's going to be happening earlier. 
and we're trying to work out how much earlier to work out whether coffee morning papers happens before it or after it. But that's all coming. And as I say, Sadie, there will be a thirsty Thursday, but it won't be on a Thursday. But we'll probably put that in the title. Um, what else? Baby Dad Show and Traitors, right. And, and I, although I see Faith isn't here, we'll, we'll rattle through Friday Quiz of the Week today. For those of you who want to go into the weekend, just feeling like a winner. Feeling like you just want to flex your wings and fly. Fly like an eagle into the wind. Fly like an eagle. Da, 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 da. Steve Winwood, is that? Am I remembering that? Fly like an eagle into the sky. Okay, okay, get the idea. Um, I just wanted to just Reese Roberts, Lily Gladstone not being nominated, agree. Greta Lee not being nominated for Past Lives. Martin Scorsese not being nominated. Celine Song not, not being nominated. Celine Song not being nominated for director. And no Barbie nominations. Weird bunch, the Brits. Weird bunch. Right. The messages go to Teresa under every single upload, live, but you have to give it time to have uploaded, live, pre-records, videos, vlogs, whatever, there is a description box. Hit the description drop-down thingy and you scroll all the way down and you keep reading. You have to wade through all the kind of links to various podcasts and all that. And you'll find an email to Michelle. It's all there. It's all there in black and white. Or it might be in white and black, depending on what your settings are on your laptop. I'm just going to down this. Oh, that's so nice. On a Friday. So, Friday fun, Friday fun, where are we at? No, hashtag fuck off Friday. It's hashtag fuck off Friday. Hashtag fuck off Friday. Karen Ula, sorry. Um, I hope you feel better. Got sickness and bad tummy. Sorry. It's a hard word to write, isn't it, diarrhea? I mean, whenever you go to write it, I think even a predictive spell struggles with it. It kind of spits stuff out of you. Sorry for that image. Let's start with removing a lot. Right, who likes a large glass of wine? I know, I know some of you who do. You might not be in the room right now, but who likes a large glass of wine? I used to like a large glass of wine. In fact, me and my flatmate years ago, Chris, we had, uh, I don't know, bought for us or we bought, we had drinking problems. I'm out, I have a drinking problem. That's where I'm at in uh, Thirsty Thursday. Um, we had two glass wine glasses, which were measured or were sized to take a complete half bottle of wine in each. We sat there like giggling fools going, isn't this fun? Try not to spill it. Many years later, mental health problems and crises and depression. It's not worth it. It's not worth it first. Claire Cummins, me, but I'm trying to avoid for a while. Sharon M, yes, love a glass, large glass of wine. Um, Sandy, if I go to a restaurant, always ask for a large one. Yes, Sadie C, but I don't like, what is the, what is, because I haven't had a drink in yet. What is the price of a large glass of wine? For you, what was the price of your last large glass of wine? Um, it's Friday and lots of people are going to be drinking them, aren't they? Um, hi, Sandra Lipson. No, yuck, says Anna Charolumbus. A large glass of wine, yeah. I always remember feeling that, and this was the addict in me, feeling that wonderful sense of completion, which is a terrible sign. If you, eight quid, good shit little lift up. Say, you see, 15 pounds? Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> Broken my larynx. Karen Ula, 10 quid. Sorry, hang on. Eight pounds was an. Oh, Margaret Ann MacArthur. You're, it's going down. Seven, $500. Don't be silly, Mark, Mr. Cardinal. 
Um, one pound fifty. I live in Spain. One euro fifty. Whoa. And isn't that weird that Spain doesn't have the same drink? Spaniards don't have the same drink problem that, that, that we have. Cheaper in Portugal too, says Sofia Lopez. Hope you're looking forward to our Lisbon trip. It's colourful, to say the least. Say this, £15. Well, I mean, a shot of tequila. And OK, it's tequila. But if you think about it, a shot of tequila is not much. It's something like five quid in... Um, it's coming at, towards the end of this month. It's going to start landing, Lisbon. Um, it's about five quid for a shot of tequila. Extrapolate that, quant multiply it, work out the bottle. No wonder people, youngsters, are buying bottles, drinking them at home, and not get. If there was a story this week, did anyone see it? Where I can't remember the name of the business, but there was a sort of major nightclub operator in the UK. Is having to close clubs down. And they were talking about it on the radio, and Radio 4 were getting all very middle class about it, going, oh, well, you know, where did you used to go and dance in the 80s? Why has it all kind of gone out of fashion? Is it all since the lockdown? And it's no, it's because when we used to go clubbing, there wasn't really, I mean, it was all, there was always a, there was always a bit of a premium on the alcohol because they got you trapped, isn't it? Wasn't there? It was like a petrol station on the motorway. They know you're there. I, it's almost like, I can't believe that still happens. When you pull up at a motorway, Petrol station for drivers here. It's like, I don't know, what is it? 147 uh, a litre, a gallon, whatever. And um, you pull in and it's, it's, they've got, it's like it's like Ronald McDonald has run up with a spray paint can and just gone, £15.63. <laughs> you can hear the flap of his feet as he runs down the M3 laughing uproariously. And you think, hang on, this is so transparent. Right, let's go into Marks and Spencer's and see if they're prawn sandwich... I came out of my therapist the other day and I went into the shop and I went, I thought, I'm going to have a good old-fashioned prawn sandwich from M&S and I'm not going to tell Nads about it. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. They didn't have the prawn sandwich, but they did have something which actually says on it, a better prawn sandwich, the best prawn sandwich we've ever made, which kind of says to you, I don't think that's nice. That's throwing shade on their normal prawn sandwich, of which there were none above. The prawn sandwich above was £4.50. The best prawn sandwich we've ever made was something like five pounds. I was like, what's the world gone mad? But, you know, anyway, I think you get the idea. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, so why are clubs closing? Because no one can fucking afford it, you morons. Why is everyone sitting there wondering? It's ludicrous. Jennifer Winter, don't ever get a sandwich in Costa. They made a cardboard. Uh, went to Costa the other day. One of their sandwiches was £4.75. Oh, someone somewhere. Well, that is a nice prawn sandwich. I have to say, back in the day, when they were one ninety nine, and I remember I was about 20, that's when they, they weren't cheap then. Um, they were great. The, prawn, the, the Marks and Spencer prawn sandwich is one of a kind. But wow, I was surprised. Um, 20 quid, say, yeah, 20 quid, come on, for a, for a large glass of wine. I mean, you know, you're looking, that basically prices probably a bottle of 7.99 wine, a 7.99 bottle of wine, prices it at about, I don't know, you're probably getting, what, about 60 quid out of it. Ugh. So anyway, yeah, so what is the story? <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't get any higher pitched. So this is the remarkable discovery that by removing large wine options in pubs, I suppose it is, it is remarkable because what they've discovered is that simply by removing a 250 milliliter glass of wine from the menus in some pubs, um, people didn't get drunk 
Um, it, it, you know, so drinkers may buy less wine in pubs and bars if the biggest serving is removed from menus according to research. So that's good for health, but it's bad for business. Let's face it, we're in a curious situation where we have a whole sector of the economy, drink, that needs people to drink. And then we have, and we wonder where alcoholism comes from. Okay, well, let's, just know, let's not open that can of tenants. Um, people could be nudged into drinking less if pubs remove their biggest serving of wine from the menu, which is precisely why pubs won't. Why would a pub do that? Researchers say that taking away the option causes drinkers to opt for smaller options without drinking the equivalent amount of wine. Zoe, cheaper to buy one large glass in pubs than two small. But you're getting the same... Two small... Is a large glass of wine simply a double of a small glass of wine? Or not? We have two pubs that are no phone pubs now. Carinula, that's good. Does everyone have to talk? Is everyone sat there in shocked silence, drinking copious amounts of large glasses of wine because no one wants to talk? Everyone's lost the ability to talk to each other. I still remember walking into pubs where they had sawdust on the floor. Why did they have sawdust on the floor? I don't, is it spilt drinks? Why was there sawdust on the floor? I, I must admit it was only once in, in a place, I think in Wales. Everyone talks, Karanula. God, that's kind of like, careful what you wish for. On the one hand, great, but if you're not drinking and you're in a pub and everyone's talking, they're not on their phones. Jesus Christ, that's intimidating. I might just stand at the urinal for six, eight, six days. Double, yeah, so better to get too large. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Zoe, you're talking to, you're preaching to the converted here. I don't think I've ever had the great privilege of pouring you a wine, Zoe. I just pour. Um, I, for me, there is no stop until you say stop. It will go over the table. So my recommendation is if I ever see you, meet you, and I'll pour you a glass of wine, you may as well put a bowl, put the glass in a bowl, because you can then decant what comes into the bowl. Ellery Jones, my wine has to be mixed with soda. Oh, you see, the old white wine spritzer. Always made me, always made this bit here go, bing! Did that, did anyone ever do that to anyone else? I drink ginger beer because it gives me, I hated whiskey, but it gives me that sort of, mm. ginger beer goes, mm. tequila goes, mm. um, and spritzer goes, mm. uh, Reese Roberts, uh, pub toilets are the absolute worst. Might as well have seagulls flying about in the men's. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to many men's toilets where there are seagulls flying everywhere. I've stood at your rhino, looked to my right, and there was a seagull looking at me going, what are you looking at? Have you got a prawn sandwich for me to nick? <sighs> Funny old world. Uh, Anita Evans, I don't drink and I hate the pressure from the waiters. I live in France. Oh, that's interesting you should say that. I live in France. Whilst European countries perhaps, well, in fact, France does, don't they? There was a story recently that wasn't there saying that France drinks too much wine. Um, yeah, there's a kind of aggressive kind of, I find the same in Italy. It's like they pour wine at you. They don't pour a wine in a glass. They literally go, they pour it on your head. If you say no, they look at you like you're some turd. Anne-Marie Shellard, literally shocked at the price of things now. Coffee can be a five or a cup. I'm hibernating with a coffee machine at 8p per creamy, creamy espresso. Oh, just that word, those words, say it again. Creamy espresso, sounds lovely. So yeah, so this is the remarkable news that the experts at the University of Cambridge, Cambridge, believe this could have a positive effect on health, but it will destroy pubs. So, <laughs> which in this tug of war, 
<laughs> which is going to pull, which is going to win. I think the pub, no less. Although, you know, nightclubs are shutting because no one can afford it. I, I mean, I wonder whether people just aren't going to pubs because they can't afford it. Morning, Joni. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's why I like, I think that's why I like an espresso. I like something, I, what is it? Self-harm, isn't it? I need things going into me that make me go, don't drill into that any further. Um, just thought we'd, I just thought I'd share this really positive headline with you on a Friday. Um, the, the West must plan for war with Russia within 20 years, says Admiral. <sighs> God, you wouldn't want to go around his for Christmas, would you? Hey? What was that? Thank you. Where is Palestine? Turquoise asks. I'm from the USA. Someone can help Turquoise, maybe, uh, orientate where Palestine is. It's in the Middle East, next door to Israel, which, you know, can of worms we'll talk about in a bit. Um, West must plan for work. This is, this is a cheery number, but I saw this pop up. This is the top of the Times newspaper. NATO saying all countries in the West need to basically prepare for conscription and get their populations ready. If, if anything's going to drive you on a Friday towards a double large wine, it's this news. Either he's had a bad day or he knows something we don't. I hope he's had a bad day. I can't show you a photograph of him, but Admiral Rob Bauer looks very sharp and very serious. He's got piercingly blue eyes and extremely close-cut beard, and I'm scared. Uh, no, but on a serious note, Western countries must prepare themselves for all-out war with Russia and conscription in the next 20 years, top NATO military officials warned. So I thought, look, looked at my watch. Everyone is self-interested in this, aren't they? So I went, mm, I'll be 74. But I wanted to ask the question. If you were asked, any of you, men or women, to sign up to the army because we were at war with Russia, would you? Would you? Would you do it? Oh, great. Sky News. Storm to hit UK as amber warnings. Oh, God. Uh, nope, says Edward Bevington. What if you had to? What if you were like, you know, what if you had to? My grandmother's grandfather, or was it her father? He was an engineer. And so he couldn't or didn't or they didn't want him to fight um, on the front, I think in World War One. Yes. Um because of his engineering and they needed him back at base. And apparently he used to have white feathers thrown at him all the time. You know, the silk tarring and feathering thing. Uh, nope, none of you. I'm too old. Well, we'll be too old in 20 years. Absolutely not, says Reese. Conscientious objector. Vibes will fly to another country if need be. I think New Zealand's safe bet, isn't it? I think everyone should go to New Zealand. But New Zealand are like, you can keep away from us. Everyone, you know, you know when the world goes down, I just want to go to Middle Earth. I want to go and find Gollum and hang out with him. And his preciouses. Um, so yeah, you know, what, do, what is one supposed to do with this news? I mean, it's just so big, you turn it off. So that's why it's not in the title. Um, on a more serious note, and I'm gonna get your crunch, point in the other direction. Netanyahu, I'm looking at a photo of Netanyahu. He's clearly had foundation put on. Something a bit weird about that, isn't it? I, I don't know why it should be, I don't know why. One should be like this with men. But it looks odd. He, he's, this is in, on the ITV News website. There's a photograph. Anyway, Benjamin Netanyahu says, we will not settle for a Palestinian state. So after much gnashing of teeth and not wanting to scroll back and sort of pretend that they 
want it all to go fine and be fine and all this kind of stuff. We want to live alongside each other in some way and all this kind of, kind of stuff, none of, none of which seems to be what really he wants. Uh, he's just come out boldly. And the, the reason, this isn't really new news, but he has just said it again. And I think there's a really strong reason as to why he said it. Um, so this is Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, which I have to stress, um, Natasha will attest to this, huge numbers. In fact, in fact, if not possibly the majority of people in Israel aren't fans of him. But there are people who are further to the right who really don't want Palestine. And Benjamin Netanyahu is considered quite to the right. Um, and yet he's not as far right as maybe he would like to be, but can't as leader of the country. Um, but he says he's rejected the idea that there should be a Palestinian state, which, however you skin this or however you sort of position this, isn't great, given where we're at, given that we need to come out of this situation with some degree of kind of, I guess, discussion. Now, for the first time, really, I was reading stories that, you know, America aren't, you know, Biden's administration aren't happy about this. But why, why is this being said today? Why is this in the news today? Because I think, and this is what I think, and I think, you know, we are going to have to strap ourselves in for a big old ride here. He has seen what I think many in the world have seen, which is the possibility, bizarrely, of Donald Trump more than likely, or possibly, potentially being president again. And we know that Donald Trump is, in a sense, even more extremely supportive of this kind of policy, or Benjamin Netanyahu's policy, uh, than Biden is, even though, you know. Um, um, okay, let's just, just one second, guys. Uh, 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 uh. I thought we didn't know. I thought we didn't know where the country was, but there we go. Um, so, you know, I think he know. I think he spies an opportunity. I think he spies an opportunity, Netanyahu here, to um, potentially, um, you know, go more extreme, be more extreme, and it was because I think. Am I right, Natasha, in thinking that Netanyahu doesn't? There doesn't have to be an election in Israel until twenty twenty six. So I think he, he sees an opportunity here where actually Trump will back him up on this. Trump, Trump will back him up on this. You know, when Trump sat there the other day and we were sort of taking the piss, going, right, you know, I'm not only going to build a wall, I'm going to talk to Putin. He's a good guy. I know Putin. I know Zelensky. We'll get him around the table. Um, he's also, when he says we can solve the Gaza-Israel problem, this is how he, he's not going to solve it by being all rational and, reason, rational, rational and reasonable with the Palestinians or the Arabs. He's going to go hardcore behind Israel. So, so bed in, guys, bed in. Um, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Storm to hit UK named. Oh, I don't know what the name of it is yet. It keeps coming up everywhere. God, is this storm literally going to land any minute? Um, what do you think of this, guys? It's not in the title, but I just want to share with you. Madonna has, is being sued over her late concert start by fans who had to get up early the next morning. Now, OK, sounds a little bit kind of, oh, for God's sake, guys, have you got anything better to worry about? Um, 
Two Madonna van fans in New York City are suing the pop star for starting a concert late, claiming they had to get up early the next day to go to work. It impacted on travelling home. She said she was going to get on stage at 8.30, but she ended up getting on stage after 10.30. Now, I remember years ago um, seeing um, someone we used to really like, but don't, don't anymore, uh, Regina Spector, and she was like two hours late. I personally think it's outrageous when these, these stars can't, can't get on stage on time. I mean, 5, 10, 15 minutes, yeah, whatever. Two hours. Juby, I thought that to begin with. Don't go if you're going to... But no, I'm sorry. If you've gone to a gig and it's due to start at 8.30, 10th, I think suing is a big thing. Just, yeah, just make sure, make a note, won't see Madonna again. So the show was advertised to start at 8.30, but the 65-year-old musician didn't take the stage until after 10.30. But the lawsuit... Uh, they, the two concert goers say they were left stranded in the middle of the night and confronted with, lim confronted with limited public transportation, limited ride sharing and or increased public and private transportation costs. Unless there are no tech issues, uh, tech issues, there's someone somewhere, no excuse. I agree. I agree. I, don't, I think suing her is just, just vote with your feet. Just don't go. Uh, good job, Lollipop. Madonna doesn't give two shiny... Did you say shites? Sorry, it's just flipped up. I just I, I quite like the idea of two shiny shites. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I've lost you. Yeah, it doesn't give two... Yeah, two shiny... <laughs> I like that, two shiny shites. It would be shiny and conical. She wouldn't give a conical shite, would she? Uh, Reese Roberts, that's why weekday concerts are tricky in that aspect. Lauren Hill from The Figures... Uh, the, is it not The Figures? What were they called? The... F no. The Fugues? No. Um is notoriously known for being two hours late to show. Why? You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, yeah, rock and roll, chuck a telly out of a window. Can't get them off the wall now, I've tried. Fugees, sorry, thank you very much, I said Fugees. I couldn't remember them. Um, but you know what I mean, isn't it? Don't you think it's weird, Reese, that you get to this point where there's a sort of, the no, that you go to a gig. Well, I mean, and here's Sod's Law. Well, maybe the way around it is this. You go, okay, I'm gonna go and see Madonna. She's scheduled for 8.30, but she'll be on at 10.30. And I bet Sod's Law she'll turn up early. That's quite funny. Uh, she doesn't care. So, um, yeah, I don't even think they're going to go go ahead. Now, something in the title here. What do you think of this? Oh, no, that's not it. This, I posted it on Instagram. Um, we're not on StreamYard, so I can't pop it up. Um, but this is the story. Nadia sent this. She said, oh, my effing Christ. Man who impregnated five women at the same time hosted a joint baby shower for mums-to-be. I don't know if I believe this. Uh, a man who impregnated... I hate the word. It's just such a... It's such a word. Man who impregnated five women at the same time held a joint baby shower for the mums-to-be. One of the expectant mums, 20-year-old Brooklyn musician Lizzie Ashley, made the shocking discovery about the unusual gathering at which she was among the expectant women celebrating on TikTok. Along with four other women, the expectant mother revealed the specifics of the unorthodox arrangement after becoming pregnant by fellow artist Zeddy Will. They must have all... You don't turn up for a photo shoot, do you, if you don't all know what's happening? Many social media users criticised the unusual circumstance after being left bewildered. Uh, during her first video... Lizzie focused on the invitation to the baby shower that was being hosted. It had a picture of the soon-to-be dad grinning and five happy pregnant women surrounding him with the, with the words, Welcome little Zeddy Wills, one to five. Oh, Sadie C. He sounds like a real keeper. 
That is like having a harem. Sorry, I was just having a think thought there. Yeah, here it is. Please head to head to the cop. Co Coffee Moaning Instagram account. Please join us for a baby shower when your baby daddy got four of the girls pregnant at the same time. Of course, it begs the question, was it all literally on the same day? Same week? Great advert for Durex, is Claire Cummins. A lot about this that just, it begs questions that you kind of want to ask, but don't want to ask because you do want the answers, but you don't want the answers. And you do, but you don't, you do. That's an impregnation fetish. Oh, is that, oh, how weird. Oh, it's just too weird for me. Strange. And he's going to stop at five. He's on a mission, says Gushup Lollipop. Yeah, I hate the word impregnate. That's taking fropple to another, that's taking it to fripple. Sounds like nipple. Don't know what to do with that. Okay, finally, the traitors, before we get onto the quiz of the week. Um, don't go blue balls, please. BBC's The Traitors, have we lost the best panto villain we've had in a long time? Or were you really secretly quite pleased to see him go? Spoiler alert, obviously. Um, were you pleased to see him go? Or were you like, oh, that's a shame. Okay. Right, before we go anywhere, is it Andrew, the, the Welsh guy? Uh, Andrew, we now call Andrew Chi-Chi because he has the same look of perplexed confusion and disbelief that Chi-Chi does about absolutely everything, Chi-Chi being our, our dog. Um, and I, what we thought was quite endearing and quite funny was to see Andrew, really Andrew never recovered from his disbelief at the deceit, did he? He, he just couldn't, he couldn't, it's like, it's funny because the girls have said, Dad, you couldn't do the show because I can't lie. It's obvious when I'm lying. I just, it comes, you know, you know, literally I sweat and I dribble and all that kind of stuff. But I would be like Andrew. I bet he has, he can't recover from what he's discovered. And yeah, his facial expressions, Jodie. Likewise, it was just it was just hysterical. Uh, it's funny how excited they get when they guess the trade correctly. Now, interestingly, one of the yeah, there's lots of stories about it, isn't there, and all this kind of stuff. But someone, I think, is it the Mirror? They make an important point here that a number of people on Twitter and all social media have kind of observed. The faithfuls feel like they've done a good thing here when they get the few times they've got the traitors, so Paul and, you know. But actually, it's the other traitors that are getting the traitors, isn't it? It's the traitors who are setting the faithfuls on the scent. I think the faithfuls are shit, if I'm honest. And bless him, Andrew's now an incredibly faithful traitor who looks utterly, utterly out of his depth. He looks perplexed, confused, shocked, distressed, and dejected, and he, he he just looks so uncomfortable in his in his in his monk's cape. So yeah, I think Harry Jennifer Winter Harry is very intelligent. Hope he wins. Wasn't keen on Paul. Do like Harry though? Says Nanny Bluebells. Thank goodness it's bluebells, not blue balls. Hey Nanny. <laughs> um, yes, I think yeah Harry is a he's a great traitor. So soft spoken and calm. I don't think anyone has ever suspected him. You see, if I was in there as a faithful, I would be like, why have none of us suspected him? That makes him suspicious. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, I don't think there's any of that sort of self-analysis going on. The faithful, Elliot, the faithfuls are useless. Harry's playing a blinder, isn't he? The traitors have got rid of the traitors. It's internecine warfare. Is that right? Stuart G says, status quo were late once. Pros. Absolute pros. 
he does need to be careful now. I did say to the girl, uh, girl I said to everyone in the room last night as it finished, Nanny Di was here too. I said, um, it'd be funny if Andrew wins. It'd be like watching Chi Chi savage, I don't know, an XL bully. I shouldn't make light of that, but you know what I'm saying. The comparison is, is ridiculous. Um, okay, quiz of the week, guys. So for those of you who don't know, for those of you who are new, what we do at the end on a Friday is we do a quiz of the week. You have seven, oh, I've just lost it. You have seven questions. Let me get it back. You have seven questions, A, B or C answers pertaining to the news in the week before. Uh, some are, are shockingly obscure and remote and sometimes pivot around golf and cricket um, and are impossible to answer. So you guess. Um, and it just is the faith you're here. Yay. But it's this designed to make you feel like a loser, really. I mean, let's not be around the bush. Very few people win. It rarely makes you feel like a winner. You don't go into the weekend feeling, oh, tickety-boo. You go into it feeling, oh, I didn't do very well in that. I don't know very much. <sighs> Shit, better watch the Curly Cooks tomorrow. That, that, that kind of vibe. Okay, so get your pens and paper ready. If you use pens and paper in this digital age, I doubt you do. Drink your coffee in case it helps with your rationalisation. And let's crack on. So question one. Tens of thousands of people turned out to watch King Frederick X succeed his mother as the monarch of Denmark, Denmark on Sunday. In which Austrian, Australian city was his consort, Queen Mary, born? Was it A, Darwin, B, Hobart, Hobart, or C, Melbourne? So this is the new king of Denmark. Who, in, 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 in which Australian city was his new wife born? A, Darwin, B, Hobart, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, or C, Melbourne. Um, Hobart, oh, who said, yeah, oh, yeah oh, lots of you saying C, lots of you saying Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. Um, Joni saying Hobart, Hobart, Hobart. I don't know how to say it, Hobart. I think this speaks to the story that they, didn't they meet in a pub? Quite something, isn't it? You're a king, you're a prince, aren't you? And she, he went, yeah, what of it? She went, I want to marry you. Uh, yeah, it's Hobart, B. Question two, succession, beef. The bear were the big winners at the Emmy Awards, Hollywood's annual celebration of television. But in accepting her Best Supporting Actress prize, in addition to the usual suspects of family and colleagues, who did, is it Nicey? Is that how you pronounce her name? Nicey? Yes, have. Sydney loved it. Ha who did Nicey Nash Best or Nisi Nash Betts thank? Oh, my God. A, all the evil gays. B, her baby daughter. Or C, herself. In her unusual or in her acceptance speech, uh, who did Nancy... Nicey Nash Betts thank. Was it A, all the evil gays, B, her baby daughter, or C, herself? Margaret O'Brien saying B. I can't even ask the question. Theresa Hutchinson saying C. Shelley, you're all saying herself. She thanked herself. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Nisi, thank you very much. Nisi Nash Betts. Uh, I know she referenced all the evil gays in a jokey fashion. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't hate. Uh, it was C, herself. Question three, spectacular pictures of the world's biggest iceberg were captured by the crew of a ship in the Antarctic. On top of it was Lee Peart chipping like a madman to get ice for his latest cocktail. I'm sorry, I'm doing Scans have revealed A23A, that's the name of the iceberg, to be about 350 metres thick in places. To which of these landmarks is that roughly equivalent? So the size of this iceberg is equivalent to what? The A, a the Empire State Building, B, the Mil Milieu, Viaduct in France, or see the Shard in London. If I knew what the Milo, Milau, Milo Viaduct was, I'd, I'd say that. But um, so, which of those? 
is the uh, world's biggest iceberg sort of in similar size to? Is it A, the Empire State Building, B, the viaduct in France, or C, the Shard? Georgina Demetrio says A, Empire State Building. See what I mean? It's kind of an obscure question. You're sort of like, well, get a measuring stick out, let's measure the viaduct, let's measure the, oh, the iceberg, let's make a cocktail. B, it's the viaduct in France. Question four. You ain't going to get this one. The most successful marriage in the history of American football's NFL between New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick came to an end after 24 years and six Super Bowl victories. Despite having set many records in his career, which of these does not belong to Belichick? A, most career wins, B, most playoff wins, or C, most Super Bowl appearances? Guess, guess, guess. I don't know. I guessed and I got it wrong. Which of these does not belong to Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots? A, most career wins, B, most playoff wins, or C, most Super Bowl appearances? No, it's A, most career wins. Question five. Scientists at the University of Central Lancashire, I've never heard of this at the University of Central Lancashire, said they have discovered a gigantic ring-shaped structure in space. It's a giant donut. Named the Big Ring. I wonder if there are any blue balls. Uh, named the Big Ring by the astronomers. It's made up of galaxies and galaxy clusters. But which constellation is it near in the sky? What is this Big Ring near? Is it A, Boots, the herdsman? Not Boots, the store. Boots as in T-E-S. C, Set Setus the Whale. Cetus the Whale, Setus the Whale. Or Corvus the Crow. I feel like I've entered some alternate strange astronomical universe. What's happened? What is the big ring near in space? A, Boots the Herdsman, B, Cetus the Whale, or C, Corvus the Crow? <sighs> Apparently this big ring was identified by Ale Alexia Lopez, PhD student. Uh, you're all split everywhere. It's Boots the Herdsman. Didn't know there was a Boots that far out in space, did you? Question six, you might be able to get this. The world of music mourned pioneering Radio 1 DJ Annie Nightingale, who died aged 83. What was the name of the local newspaper column that gave Nightingale her break in music? Was it A, Rocking Records? Was it B, Spin With Me? Or was it C, That's For Me? Uh, what was the name of the local newspaper column that gave Nightingale, who died this week at 83, her break in music was A, Rocking Records, B, Spin With Me, or C, That's For Me. It's B, well done. You got it. Anyone on six? If you're on six, you are not only a winner in my book, you are God. You're God and you probably should be next to the big ring, which apparently is next to Boots. So if you wanna get a meal deal, just head into space. Um, Question seven, anyone got six? I have one, says Karen Reynolds. Faith, four, that's good. Four is good on a very hard and frosty Friday. Finally got one, good ship lollipop. Yeah, four, wow, so four is the benchmark. Joni, three, that's good. Joni, three, two, Lynchier, four, correct, Hillary. Well done, everyone. Okay, final one. Amal Rajan, 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 the host of BBC Two's University Challenge, the guy who did that really unprobing interview, do you remember, Philip Schofield, found himself going viral on social media after he told a team, I can't accept drum and bass, we need jungle, I'm afraid. But students of which Scottish university had given the wrong answer? Is it A, Aberdeen, B, Edinburgh, or C, St Andrews?
He found himself going mad, Amal Rajan, Rajan, uh, on social media after he told the team, I can't accept drum and bass, we need jungle, I'm afraid. Uh, but students of which Scottish university had given the wrong answer? Was it A, Aberdeen, B, Edinburgh, or C, St Andrews? Uh, I said St Andrews Faith, because it's all, St Andrews are always on the bloody show, aren't they? Always. All of you are saying St Andrews, apart from Joni, you're saying Edinburgh. It's actually A, it's Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I've been to Aberdeen, it's a curious place. Um, there you go. I, well, I know no one will have got six because no one had five when you all said you had four. No. Is that right? I think I understand what I mean. Anyway, see you for the Curly Cooks tomorrow. Hope you have a lovely Friday. Stay warm. Um, rubbish questions, Kieran. You're right. I mean, every time... When I get one like this, I think, fuck that. We're not doing the BBC one. And then, of course, the next one's always a bit better. But you like the ABC thing, you see. ABC. We like ABC. Easy as one, two, three. Whereas otherwise, if you get a question where it could be anything, you're all going to be a C. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, guys, have a lovely day. See you tomorrow for the Curly Cooks of Croydon and Coffee Moaning Papers. As I say, Thursday, Thursday, we'll be landing somewhere. Um, it's a pre-recorded no-name Sunday show for all the uh, members area. Um, and uh, what else is landing? Something else is landing too. Uh, movie reviews, all sorts of things. Guys, take care. Have fun.